Thrive, flourish, unleash your buried treasure. This is the Exponentially Empowered Podcast with Joel Bine. Through conscious action and authentic self-connection, empower yourself to write your own script. Welcome back to Exponentially Empowered. It's Joel. I am very excited to have our second ever guest. This is another Praxis alum. I'm actually on a quest to interview 10 Praxis participants and alumni because this company just excites me so much and represents this idea of, of harnessing your personal power to 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 really script your own life and career. And so I'm very excited to welcome Jackson Sullivan. Jackson Sullivan is a Praxis alum, philosopher, and video creator extraordinaire. Jackson, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. This is a first for me, so I'm really excited to talk about things. Awesome. So go ahead and, and give us your story. Uh, what, what inspires you? What makes you come alive? Yeah. Um, so the story, the story question is always interesting because I, I became convinced through practice actually that telling your, your story is the best way to get people to like get behind whatever you're doing. Right. Uh, and so I, my story has evolved so much over time because it's not like you need to uh, fabricate your story, but, but it's very, you know, a story is something that is in, you know, it can be a very intentional thing that you tell in a very specific way. Um, and so for my story, at this point, I, I, I kind of tell it as though, like, my, my path through education and how that's kind of created who I am today, right? So growing up, I, 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 I was always really good in school. I had really good grades. Uh, teachers usually liked me. I got, I got along great. But, but I always had this sneaking suspicion that it was all a bunch of crap and that I didn't, and none of it actually mattered. But, but I thought I had to do it. Right. So by the time I hit high school, I had become kind of mature enough and, and I think smart enough that I was saying, OK, this seems like a lot of this is totally unnecessary. But since it's just the way society is, I must partake. And so I kept going through high school uh, until my junior year, uh, first semester of my junior year. I was almost a straight A student. I had a really good GPA. And I had this AP Chemistry 2 class. And it just kicked my butt and I was really struggling. And eventually I was an A and B student only. And I got an F in this class at the end of my first semester, mm -hmm. not necessarily because I couldn't do better, but because I became so frustrated that I just stopped showing up to class. And at the end of that semester, I like asked myself, am I going to put all of my time into fixing this problem? Or am I going to like ask why I would even do that? Right. And then this just started a journey of infinite questioning that ultimately led me to joining Praxis and uh, living in a van. And, and, and I started questioning every aspect of my life, literally just as a result of failing this class, because I was like, what the hell am I even doing with my time and why? Uh, and so ultimately, school and my failure in school led to me, led me on this huge quest of questioning like every aspect of the world to the point where uh, yeah, like for example, I'm not, I didn't go to college. I lived in a van and, uh, some pretty radical 
political economic things too, that all of this stuff just stemmed from this one moment where I, I had to ask myself why I wanted to do anything. So yeah, on the story part, uh, yeah. Were you, would you say you were more of a conventional type kid until that moment in your junior year? Oh were, no. Were you, well, in terms of your questioning, was that a pretty sudden episode of questioning the nature of the system, so to speak, or was it a gradual process leading up to that? Well, like I said, it was always like a sneaking suspicion. Okay. Like yeah. I always kind of knew. I was like, I was a little like underground conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Never like really intense into any of it. You know what I mean? But it was just like, I always just felt like rationally I knew, but the quite like I didn't. I still thought that I must live in it. That was what really changed when I when I failed the class and I started questioning. Well, wait a second. Does any of this actually matter? Because uh, for a long time, I still. Like honestly, probably since elementary school, I believed like none of like it was a lot of the stuff in school was complete garbage nonsense I would never use. But I thought that I just kind of had to work through it. Uh, so the big questioning moment in high school was, do I actually have to do any of this at all? Yeah, it reminds me of the, of this book, um, Finite and Infinite Games. I've heard of it. Yeah, I'm sure you actually, have. Isaac uh, Morehouse has, yeah, has recommended that. I haven't read I it. it. Um, oh. That's where I got the recommendation, but TK and Isaac, but uh, it's just this notion of you kind of just see, you see the whole school thing as a game more instead of like, this is the totally. most serious thing ever. You must absolutely yeah. get good grades. And then, you know, I think that's why a lot of, a lot of young people end up um, becoming stressed and overwhelmed because they don't have that perspective. But um, I wanted to ask, and so when did you, I guess these past few years, uh, when was your, when was that? Like three years ago, that, that moment? The, the AP chemistry class? That was, it would have been exactly two years ago. Two years ago, okay. Oh, it feels like two lifetimes ago. But that would have <laughs> yeah, been exactly sure. two, would have been precisely, yeah, because it was, this is, this would have been the second semester right about now. When this, this was the period that I was like, yeah, yeah. So did, would you say, and since then, you've sort of found what makes you come alive or are you continuing to, to search for that? It, what, what would you say your answer is, what, what makes you come come alive and, was there a certain sort of life purpose or philosophy that sort of fuels you? Yeah, I think I've had this forever. And I think that school just suppressed it violently. And it just came out more once I once I kind of escaped school. I am like, so utterly fascinated and flabbergasted by the existence of human consciousness. Mm hmm. It's so insane. Like what? Like it, it's absurd. It's stupid. And uh and not just consciousness, but even this like existence itself. Like there's these particles holding themselves together uh with all these different laws of nature, but even the fact that that exists in the first place is just mind-boggling and and ridiculous and I could go on about it for hours. Yeah. And so <laughs> but the con the human consciousness thing, I think that I have it and it's so cool that I have it. It's such a privilege. I've done nothing to work for it, really. It just is there for me for whatever reason. And I've noticed that there are experiences in that using the, the consciousness I have that are good and are pleasurable and are enjoyable. Things like uh, passion and, 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 and joy and, and uh, accomplishment and all these different things that feel good and I think that it's a worthwhile goal to pursue the things that make me feel good 
just as an end in themselves, just because, because I have this incredible privilege of being able to experience things. And I think that it'd be like a dishonor to that, to not experience the best of the best. Uh, I'm, I'm quite perfectionistic in that I only want the best. And, uh, so yeah, like what really inspires me to do anything is that I'm, I'm just so honored to have been given the opportunity to live by, for whatever reason, uh, I'm, I'm fairly, um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily religious in any particular way or any, I'm more just kind of, I'm just happy that I have it. You know what I mean? And I think that's awesome. And so that's, that's really what gets me inspired because I, I'm just so honored to be able to be alive. And I think that, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. It, it's, it's that, that perspective. And I, I've talked about that a few times on the show thus far and in particular the episode on, and you can go ahead and, and talk about gratitude if you'd like, because I know, I know you're into that. And that's what I was getting into in my episode on gratitude is, is being able to identify that, that amazingness of consciousness, just the <laughs> fact that like you have this heart beating inside of you and, and you have this, you have these, yeah you have this brain that is, act, I mean, just the, the fact that you're able to, to have, we're able to have this conversation. We're able to connect about ideas and abstractions and think about the future and think about the past and, and ponder the nature of things it's and then so experience cool. all these, all the sorts of different types of experience. I mean, just to be able to revel in that, like, just understanding of that, that how amazing that is, and that that just fueling, fueling your your sort of day to day relationship with life. So, is there yeah. anything you want to add to that in terms of gratitude and perspective? Yeah. Well, actually, and even to, to be more precise about reveling in like the face of rea- of existence, um, I think that I've realized that really to be more precise, what inspires me is doing things that make me do that more often. Right. So like, I really enjoy being, uh, in nature a lot of the time because I'll, I'll, I'll like look at some tree and I'll just be like, Holy crap. that just exists. And then I'll think about the fact that I, exist. <laughs> I'm like, Holy crap. That's even crazier that human beings exist. But, um, I, I was saying like, I, I find that, um, any, I, yeah, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm inspired to do things that I want to do because those things make me more in awe of myself and of like reality, if that makes sense. Like I've had some experiences where I would be, I remember I was sitting in Detroit, uh, in my, I was, I was in a house. I just had one room and I was in the kitchen. I was listening to some music and all of a sudden I just like looked up and I was just like, tried to comprehend I don't know why it was so sudden. I just like tried to comprehend like the actual ex- like existence of, of reality and particles holding themselves together and everything. And I was just like completely put back in my chair and I like actually cried cause it was so incredible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, here I am ranting on about it cause you had a specific question, but I'm just, um, even right now I can get emotional about how and that's what you asked about. Great gratitude. I, I, I think that I am so grateful. Like, to be alive and to exist. And yeah, it's, it's, um, hmm. yeah. And it, it, well, it comes out in your videos. I mean, the first video I saw of you was, was called honest praxis review. And there's just this, this positivity and enthusiasm, um, from that video. And it, and it, and it's an all, it's all, all your videos. And I would encourage 
everyone out there to, to check out your YouTube channel and all that. And, and you can just see that, you know, this, this uh, sort of perspective that we're talking about is not just some ab- abstract thing that sounds nice. It's actually applicable to making the most of your life and pursuing exactly. tangible activities like, Oh, this is really exciting. Therefore I want to harness this exciting existence and go do, go pursue my dreams, go do, go do hard things that are going to provide purpose and meaning and accomplishment for me. Right. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And that's actually really important because I know that, and, and I know that a lot of people, especially a lot of people in, in communities I'm with too, is like, uh, I think that some of the stuff that I'm talking about is kind of fluffy. I've heard, I've, I've right. felt that before. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, Oh, gratitude. You know, I, I, I've heard, yeah, I just, I know that there's people who, who think it's kind of fluffy or can't quite get on board with, with what I'm saying, with being like awestruck by, by everything. Um, but it's not like some fluff or pretentiousness or anything like that. Like it's very real. And I think it's very, it's a very rational fascination. And, and I think that the most important part is I think it's, it contributes more to productivity and success than almost anything else. Gratitude, and I would actually synonymize everything I've said with gratitude. Uh, I think that 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 being fascinated, that all that's all just being grateful, really. At, at a yeah. fundamental, that's the psychological process is is gratitude. And so, like being unbelievable, unbelievably grateful for things is like it's not just some fluffy, you know, feel good experience. I think that it is probably the number one thing anyone can do to try to. Uh, have what they want or be successful, which is interesting because a lot of people say, oh no, it's the desire for more, you know, that mm-hmm. makes you get the things you want. And, and so it, it seems counterintuitive to say that being grateful for what you have already would get you, you know, make you more successful and get you more. Uh, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly why it is, but I just know that if I'm like feeling really crappy and I have, like I, I you say in my YouTube videos and stuff, like, you know, I, I am a very grateful person, but I've been in some deep slumps where I was not in a state of gratitude. And in those periods, if I would somehow remember and choose to consciously think about all the things that I have in my life that I can be grateful for, it is like motivation instantly to do more. It's it's amazing. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a juxtaposition. It's a combination you need. I think I've heard TK actually call it the discontented optimism, and that's sort of the nature of entrepreneurship, is being able to identify something that's wrong, and then and then. But, but having the optimism to go out and create and totally act to, to make things better and then, and then rolling with that, that momentum. Um, and so in, 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 in that line of, of praxis, and I'm sure you're, you're very grateful for praxis existing. I want you to, to flesh out some of your experience in the program and I'll go ahead and give you a, a question, which would be what's the most underrated part of the praxis experience? Oh, you'll hear this from almost anybody in it, but it's, it's the community for sure. Uh, undoubtedly the, the Praxis community for anyone who, who, for anyone who isn't fully under, uh, anyone who isn't fully familiar with, with Praxis, um, basically Praxis is the program, but then as a result of all these people who have applied to the program, there's this community of, uh, roughly now about 200 young entrepreneurial, uh, unconventional individuals who have come together to just be, to do what they want, really, to put it simply. And, uh, um, I mean, it, it, I'm thinking about it, it makes me so happy. The community, I would argue that, that, that my best friends in the world that I will be friends with for many decades have come from this. Uh, and, and, you know, different groups have evolved. You know, it's a large group. 
But like, to put it simply, I, almost any major city in the United States I could go to and I could message someone I've never spoken to in my life and they would let me stay at their house and we would hang out and we would immediately connect. Like, that is so invaluable. That's worth so much. The fact that almost anywhere I could talk to someone and they would relate to me and they would understand because people like us are considered so crazy. And so that connection is so strong, even with someone you just met. So yeah, the community is, uh, I don't even know if it's, if it's fully promoted for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe, maybe it shouldn't be for, for various reasons, but it is definitely, to answer your question, underrated in the sense that not everyone knows about it. It is, to me, it's, it's like the whole, it's, it's every, yeah. Well, I think it, and I think the, I think that the reason you can connect with anybody in any city, like you mentioned, isn't just because you're somebody who does something unconventional. It's because it's because practice is about philosophy and, and intellectualism yeah. and having deep conversations and, and, and critical thinking and having like really sophisticated high level type conversation. That's you don't get from, I think, I mm -hmm. think you don't really get that often. And I think that's what oh, yeah. brings people together in practice. Yeah. We don't get, we don't get it hardly ever. And, and, and that's the thing is I, I'm actually viciously against any pretentiousness about it. I mean, it's not right. like, Oh, we're better than those other people. Right. And we get to talk about our high level stuff, but it's just the case that like these people happen to be interested in when I'm interested in talking about. And that's wonderful. I mean, the incredible, the, the kind of stuff I was talking about with the gratitude for, for consciousness. Uh, it's not just like some fun phrase. It's a very real thing. And, and those are people that I can talk about it with. Yeah. And it's very much, I mean, the praxis philosophy, I mean, the, the mission is, is to create, not to criticize. It's, it's, well, I mean, it's not Correct. about trashing yeah. anybody. It's not about saying that we're superior. It's not about saying college shouldn't exist. It's just saying the here, let's, we're going to create a new option and maybe it's for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's not, you know, and you know, you know, it's only on what 10% of applicants are accepted. I mean, it's not for everybody. Yeah, it's very, um, low. It's, it's, it's something that's let's, let's create a new option in the world. And that's sort of the beauty of sort of the marketplace. But, um, in, in, oh, yeah. in the realm of in the realm of philosophy, that's another word that gets tossed around <clears throat> in our culture. Is it's in sort of this abstract. Oh, this is the professor of philosophy sitting in the ivory tower, yeah. and we're going to think about things that don't actually matter. And I want to know because I called you a philosopher, and I think that's uh, that's an appropriate term. And correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's as a I philosopher. Maybe okay. I'm even so allergic to traditional <laughs> academic yeah, terms, yeah. but but I guess it might be it would be logistically correct, yeah. In the in the sense that I enjoy talking about topics that would be categorized as philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 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 we'll use a lowercase p. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, how do you think philosophy mat Does philosophy matter in harnessing your personal power? So I talk a lot about in the show pursue your interests and, 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 and maximize, maximize your, your, your existence and, and, and create fulfillment and, and engage in, in life hacks, meditation and, 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 and exercise or whatnot and, and make, making the most of your days and time and, and being really in touch with how short life is and just being conscious and, and recognizing your sphere of control and, and making the most of your life and investing in your life. Okay. So where does philosophy does philosophy come into that equation? I would argue that all of that is philosophy. And I've noticed a few things. The first thing I've noticed is that some people have a definition of philosophy 
And that definition of philosophy for them is pretentious people who talk about ideas like they're smarter than other people. And so they're very allergic to the word philosophy. Uh, I think that that is unfortunate because I think that philosophy, for my, for me and my definition, and I think that for a lot of people like me, is just the discussion of ideas and values and how those values influence how you move through the world. Um, that's all it is. It's not like, oh, I'm going to talk about Socrates today. I don't even know any yeah. of major <laughs> philosophers. I don't even, but everyone knows all of my friends. Oh, he's the guy who talks about philosophy. But they're in college. They know more about conventional quote, quote, philosophy than I do. But it's not even like, so to, to answer your question, uh, I would say all of it. Like, 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 I remember I had a big revolution about uh, five months into practice. It's about exactly one year ago, actually, because we're approaching March. Yeah, it'd be about a, one year ago. I was always kind of very, uh, not nihilistic in the depressive sense, um, but, but before this kind of revolution I had, every, you know, nothing really mattered. Things mattered because they were fun and whatever, and, and, and things were cool and, stu- and such. But it wasn't like, when it came to ethics and values, I didn't really, it was like, oh, I can just do anything, you know? But, but then... I was introduced through various sources to the concept of, 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 of establishing personal values mm-hmm. as a person and then like making a decision to stick to them. Because when I first heard that, I was like, that's kind of weak. What, you can't be like morally ambiguous? Or like I was kind of like very weirded out by that idea. Um, but over time, I became very convinced that it was like the means to produce fulfillment, to manufacture meaning and everything. Because when you decide this is what I believe in and this is what I value and you provide reasons for it, it's not just arbitrary. Uh, once you do that and then you like prove it to yourself and you stick to it, then you're like, you know that you're not a fraud. You know that you are legitimate, right? Like, so there's like two cars and one is like a fake and one's a real one. You're the real car and you know it because you've established values and you've stuck to them. Like for me, one of those is like relentless authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's very few circumstances where I, where I break that. And I know that and that feels good. Mm-hmm. And um, th- so that is an example that the, the quote, quote, ph- the dedication to philosophy, that's one example about how it's, <laughs> I think it has everything to do with your success, like more than anything else. It's thinking about ideas you should, in my opinion, you ought to never do anything without asking yourself why you're doing it. Uh, and if you're doing it unconsciously, then it's just like, yeah. It I just comes down to be conscious. That's, I mean, basically, and that's, and that's I mean, one of, the, yeah. of this podcast itself, I'd say, is just be conscious. And there's no one correct path. There's just, there's multiple paths. But are you aware of what you're doing? Are you aware of the, the water in which you swim? Or are you... Are you sleepwalking through existence or are, oh, you, that's great. are yeah. you scripting your own existence? You know, and that's sort of the message, right? Yeah. And I heard you mention earlier and I thought about it. And sometimes I might, when I say it, it might sound even cliche a lot of the time, but I think it said it a lot on, for a reason. Life is so short. And I remember when I decided this was actually far even before my revolution with school stuff. I do not want to be like 40 years old and realize that I wasn't ever thinking that would suck. Yeah. So bad. Uh, I'm only 18 and I'm like, I feel like I've had so many experiences, so much. I feel like I've, my life is so full and I want that to be the case the whole time. And I just, um, 
yeah, you said like sleepwalking through life. When that that phrase you said really hit me uh, when you just said that a few a few seconds ago. Like, I really don't want to sleepwalk through life, and I think it's unfortunate that the uh, I don't mean this judgmentally, but the, mm-hmm. I think the vast majority of people do, and that's very unfortunate because, like I said earlier, with the fascination with good experiences and consciousness, I think that. Uh, it, I feel truly sad knowing that there are like millions or billions of people who will never, who, who never experience like the, the, the best of, of, of what can be in their, yeah. in their mind. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, I can even get emotional about it right now. Like I know people that I'm like, I'm so sorry that for whatever reason, whether it's your own decisions or whatever, that you, you will not experience the depth of things that you could, or and I, I'm not proclaiming that maybe they will, but if they don't, it would make me sad. Yeah. There's so much you said there. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I wanted to mention, no, it is yeah. so much, so much gold in there. Uh, I wanted to mention the, this post you wrote about that, which is called we will die. And oh, I'll yeah. just, the, the first few lines of it was you wrote, I was on a shuttle to the airport and there were two old ladies talking about being old ladies. <laughs> oh, can you believe how fast it went by? Goodness, no, like the snap of a finger. And then you say, it made me think about death and the fact that I'll die. We all will. I don't think that's a tragedy, but it's worth having the conscious knowledge in our minds. And I've, I've already mentioned this like two or three times in, in the six episodes of this show. And I, 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 whenever, I, whenever I reacquaint myself with the concept of, of my deathbed, or I, I, I watch Steve Jobs' commencement speech when he talks about yeah. His relationship with his when seeing seeing death so closely, and and just just being hungry and being foolish and and just being alert to how time passes and beginning with the end in mind, like the very end in mind, and saying, okay, what do I really want to do? What do I want my my tombstone to say? You know what what do I want my obituary to say? Right, like all these things that I think. I think a lot of people are, are resistant to doing it because it's kind of uncomfortable to begin with. Yeah. But if you can move through that barrier, I think it's so empowering. And did you want to talk about anything more about that? Yeah. Um, mainly I'm moving through the barrier because yeah. I personally struggled to ever like get, you know, I, I'm not sure if there's necessarily a way to quote, like make someone else appreciate their life or life in general. You know what I mean? And, and, and so Mm -hmm. I don't even know necessarily what to do in the sense of my dream world would be one in which every human being is, has a sparkle in their eye. Uh, meaning I want to, I, it's the word interested comes to mind. Uh, I feel that one of my key characteristics is that I'm interested in anything. Uh, sometimes even obnoxiously so, but like, I would love to see a world where everyone was interested in it, in themselves, in people, in in things, in their passions. Um, but remember, like like I like I was saying, I don't know if there's a way to make people interested and passionate, and maybe there is, because um, that's I mean, you mentioned that you said you know, how do we like help people? But, but see. Even like saying that people need to be helped feels pretentious for me. It's not right. like I feel like I'm, Who knows? you know, it's like, I, oh, like what the, like, uh, 
the philosopher man's burden for people who like right, don't exactly it's like i'm not i'm not like the king of the throne like i must help the children of of <laughs> like and like help them no not at all i don't think i i mean i don't feel like superior to people who aren't as interested in the world as me it's more of just like a and that i could, I could be misinterpreted as that if i you know what I mean? Because when I say, oh, I feel bad for them, that like sounds like I'm pitying them. Therefore, I must be think I'm better or something. That's that's not it at all. I just. Well, it's more about, yeah. you mean, again, it's just starting with your sphere of control and, and you have a desire to to experience sort of this bliss of of fulfillment, of doing things that matter to you and, and fulfilling curiosities as opposed to as opposed to maybe the conventional approach, which would be. Do show up for your job and that you don't like, and then go and then go numb yourself out afterwards. And of course, it, yeah, it can't come from a place of. It's not about coming from a place of superiority or. Yeah. I, I'm I'm never gonna say personally that my my values are better than somebody else's or that somebody. I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm not gonna prescribe that somebody should do something. It just it comes down to that. Are you prescribing or are you telling someone that they should because? Because your way is better. I mean, the, the, I think the, the best only, way to the approach only it thing... is to, be, sorry, sorry, is to okay. be an example. Yeah, just be an example and do your own thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I th- uh, on the topic of, of, of telling other people what they ought to do, right? The only case in which I might be willing to uh, say that I, I will is that, like, I would tell almost anyone that if they establish values, they should live by them. Like, I would say that uh, dogmatically that I believe that if someone establishes something that they want to do, they should. Uh, because I say that word, because the, 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 go go ahead. Ahead. the evidence, the evidence for the misery that will come if they don't do what they've decided is like, what's right for them. It's so obvious. There's so much of it. It's so, and I, I don't value suffering at all in any context. Cause I, like we talked earlier, I don't think uh, negative emotions are always suffering. But like suffering of, of of someone who yeah that that kind of regretful suffering of of, of self hatred and knowing that you didn't do what you knew you should do in a moment of of, of a decision, uh, yeah I, I think that I do think that people should do should act according to their values. I also think there's potentially arguments for why some values or some more fundamental ones might be better than others, but that's a whole another topic. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's just, it comes a matter of what, sort of how we defining the words. But I think when you, yeah. when you say should, I think you're meaning you, you, when you say people should follow their values, you are saying that because you want them to experience the most enjoyable life. Correct. Well, um, but you, yeah, Go ahead. I don't know. I, it's just, yeah. it just comes down to, are you, are you sort of speaking down to them or you connected with them um and then you know it's all it's all in the contextual go ahead yeah well no i was saying like because it it, uh it's based on my values because everything's based on values in some sense i think with action and stuff it's based on my values because i value my interest interestedness in the world right and we want when we value something we want there to be more of it in the world Right. I want other because so therefore I and I think that's a lot of people. It's very clear that what we do is we want to create the world in our own image, really, uh, which isn't necessarily like a 
arrogant statement necessarily, but it's the case. I am interested in things, and that is why I want a world that is interested in itself. And so that is why probably where that, 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 that comes from, is me thinking that other people should act according to their values, because I think that when people act according to their values, they unlock more of an opportunity to experience like the supreme human experience, and I want to experience the supreme human experience for me, Therefore, I want the world to be like me. I want other people to experience the same thing because that's what I want. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's such fascinating territory. Um, and like for me, so the tagline to this podcast is, is thrive, flourish, unleash your buried treasure. So that's an expression of my values, right? I, I want to see a world in which everyone is is sort of pursuing self-actualization, is is doing everything they they could be doing to experience the most joy, right? It's about experiencing the most joy. I, and I want to be surrounded by people who are experiencing, you know, authentically integrated sense of joy. Yeah. Um, so it just comes down it's to, okay, so, so that's good. my value. <laughs> that's my value. But like, you know, I can't, yeah. I can't instill that, you know, it sort of comes down to like philosophy of, of education. Like, like, um, what's the quote of, uh, education isn't, isn't the filling of a vessel. It's the kindling of a flame. So I can't, I can't, fill a vessel with my values and it's not, it's not going to work. It, it for, doesn't for happen. And is yeah. it, I also don't think it's the best. I don't think it's a thing to, to do. I don't and think you shouldn't I should do it. In fact, that's what causes like machines and people yeah. who don't think. So I want to sort of be a, a candle in this, you know, in this message. And then if people want to come on, I don't want to, you know, I'm not, a, I don't want to be a missionary or like tell people they, they must convert. I want everyone to think for themselves. I want everyone that's to make their own choices. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's that's fascinating stuff, but um, yeah. I suppose that that's a fun, that's a a big value too. Is is I want everyone to think for themselves because, yes. like I said earlier, I feel like I think for myself, and I want the world <laughs> to be like me. Uh, I do think that that is part of why everyone does what they do, and not in like a weird sense. I just it seems to be the case. But uh, on that topic of thinking for yourself, you know, when we were talking about this podcast, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, you know, what holds people back, and I. I think that what holds people back from, say, uh, doing it, the phrase doing what you love, I don't even think quite captures it. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, uh, I don't, there's a philosopher named uh, Nietzsche. I know almost nothing about him. I know a lot of people don't like him, so I don't want my statements to be misinterpreted by people who know who he is. But uh, I know he has one concept that I vaguely understand is like the Superman, uh, which is kind of like, he has a word for it. It's like a German word. And it means like ultimate, you know what I mean? Like ultimate human yeah. form. And um, I mean, I'm getting off topic what I was saying, but I, I, I like that idea. And I want everyone to, uh, that, that's what I was saying. I was saying, what, uh, what prevents people from embracing their ultimate human form? Because I do believe that everyone has that potential in them or almost everyone. Uh, if they were given the opportunity, I think that almost everyone could escape like a a, a mental prison and become their ultimate form. But sorry, I keep getting off topic. That the, the larger point is why why don't people do that? And I was thinking about that a lot all day today. Uh, I think there's 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 two reasons, but they're kind of related. I think that uh, it's mainly based on fear, but I think it's because people live for others and not for themselves, uh, which is very important. I think that almost any I know I have I have a friend uh, who's in college who hates it and who wants to be, or I don't know if he, you know, he's talked about how he wants to be a, 
uh, car photographer on Instagram, and he wants his entire career. He loves cars. He wants to photograph cars and then have people have get millions of followers on Instagram and have that be his his income and his job. And that's so cool. And he won't. Uh, he hasn't yet, you know. And I keep asking, well, you know, college pay should pay off, and also and. and when I ask him, I really get fundamental with him. I've found that the reason he and others don't do things is because the people around them uh, would disapprove in some form or another. So step one for them is not what do I want, it's what do others want. How you know? And, and so I think that people, and thank you for bearing with me on this one, I've kind of been talking for a long time about it, but people are... It's, it seems that people are more concerned with living for others than for living for themselves. And um, I think that that's because it's, I think it's based on fear. I don't know which fear. I don't know if it's fear of being alone or fear of failing alone or, or different things. I'm still trying to work through it. But I've just noticed that I used to not think it was that simple. I used to think that everything was deeper than that. Everything had some large explanation. Uh, and I think that some cases do. But my experience talking to people my age who want to do something different who won't is that they, they've been taught that it's a virtue to do what you're told and that it's a virtue to do like what everyone around you wants. And therefore, they're going to do that. Well, it's more comfortable to, to yeah. do what the group does. So uh, I think Isaac Morehouse talks about people go to college to feel normal. <laughs> Even if they realize that college isn't valuable, it's not worth the costs and time yeah. and money. But it's they like, oh, well, I, it. I feel they normal. You know, yeah. um, and it's easier to go along with that cultural river. It's 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 harder to to go and, and stand up. And actually, what you're what you're getting at is is reminding me a lot of of the work of of the psychologist Nathaniel Brandon, who, oh, you, yeah. who you've mentioned in your blog and has been a huge influence for me. Uh, and so, and actually, this this can give the listener, I think something to do, something, an action step right away in terms of getting into this, this self-development and, and self-esteem building, authentic self-esteem building, and, and getting in touch with what you really want in life, which is his sentence completion program. And, and you wrote, you, you, you um, excerpt, excerpted it on your blog, and it's something that I've been doing for a good three years now. And it's Really? Yeah. Oh, you're, more, you're much more experienced yeah. than I am. Wow. <laughs> so um, just for those who don't know, this is... The exercise is you take five or six um, sentence stems uh, and, and you complete those stems five to ten times without thinking. And so the idea, so an example might be um, if I were to bring 5% more energy today, I might dot, dot, dot. And then you, you read that sentence and then you, you, you finish it with the first thing that comes to mind without filtering. And then you do that five to ten times. And so he has a series of these of these prompts, and it, basically the program is there's uh, I think sixty weeks worth of stems, and you do the same stems each week. And so I've just made that a habit for me. Every weekday is I get up, and one of the first things I do is That's take awesome. take five minutes. Just take five minutes, and it's so invaluable because it, you tap into the subconscious of like, hey, what's really going on in my psyche? Like, what do I really want? Even though all these, there's all these messages I'm getting yeah. from culture about what I'm supposed to do, but what is it that I really want to do and how can I really assert that? Um, and I'm curious um, what revelations you may have had from doing that. Have you, how much have you done of that? Or 
Yeah, so I'm actually inspired by you in this moment because <laughs> I would like to do. I've really, uh, I've, I've continually uh, uh, talked to myself about doing the full sentence completion program because here I posted on my blog, right? Naturally, you would think I've done the whole thing. Uh, I have not, unfortunately, but I am obsessed with it, and uh, I, I've had a few experiences with. So I, I've done a lot of sentence stems, to yeah. be clear. I, I, but I haven't ever actually sat down and done like the 30 weeks every morning for that time and, and, and everything. Um, but I've done a lot of, of stuff with Nathaniel Brandon. I read his, you know, six pillars of self-esteem and my experience with the sentence stems is that like, you wouldn't expect it at first. You'd think like, Oh, I'm just going to write whatever seems right or whatever. But once you do it and every, and, and, and you sit down and you, a lot of times I've, I've done it with like people close to me where I'll speak the sentence stems out loud and, and when you're with people and you're saying a sentence stem that's really quite personal and emotional, it's amazing how you realize something that you had no idea about. Um, I remember, I can't, I'm trying to think of one valuable sentence stem that happened to me. I think there was, a, there was one where the sentence stem was, I'm beginning to realize dot, dot, dot. Uh, and I did it like a bunch of times. And I remember it was one where I had been, uh, actually I was kind of in a, a stuck situation where I, I wanted to, quit a job. And, but I wasn't telling myself that because everyone in my life wanted me to stay at that job. Uh, and I would have gotten a lot of disapproval from leaving. And I remember I, I was doing that with some friends and I said, I'm beginning to realize, and I remember I, it just like hit me that I had to admit to myself, I'm beginning to realize that I hate my current situation. And I want to leave and I want to get out of it. And then that sentence stem led to that. Um, yeah, so I would I would highly recommend that for anyone. This the tapping into the the I don't, I don't, it's just, it's not just subconscious. Like you know when you're saying stuff, you know, but it, it just sentence stems like I think are the most powerful tool for self honesty and self acceptance. You immediately admit everything to yourself about your emotions, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's it's uncovering the authentic self is what it is. I mean. And, and at first, in my experience, basically any sort of journaling like this where you're doing the, the sentence stems or uh, also just a stream of consciousness journaling and when you're just really letting your true self speak and you're not sort of disowning that, um, that can be that can be uncomfortable for I think that's another reason that many people don't want to get into that realm is is that that can be there can be some painful things or uncomfortable feelings or overwhelm or distress that that when you start uncovering what's really happening um and so we don't you know for out of a desire for comfort um and ease it's easy to resist doing that process but i think if you can kind of uh, like you like you said self-acceptance which 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 is brendan's second pillar of, of self-esteem and, and yeah. just be really kind to yourself and just when and when you're noticing what you're uncovering and just accepting the fact that, hey, I, I said this and there's, there's a part of me that said that. Now, whether or not I like it is, is different, but accepting the fact of the reality that, hey, this, this, this is occurring for me. Can I get curious about what this means, you know, rather than judgmental? Ooh. I love that word, too. Curiosity. I was talking with my sister about that the other day. That's extremely important right? Just to be curious about things, uh, about yourself. Cause if you're curious, like nothing is bad or you don't know, you, cause you're just curious. You're just like, Oh, I wonder what's going on in my, in my head. And then you just find things out and it's never a, 
no matter how bad it is, if you're curious, it's not like bad. It's more just like a cool discovery about yourself that you can now work with. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask you about this this idea of, of self acceptance, and you had mentioned it in one of your blogs, radicals talking about radical self acceptance, and uh, just meaning just meaning being completely okay with whatever's happening and and able and identifying what's happening, even if it's a, a negative feeling, quote unquote negative feeling or uh, unsatisfied feeling, whether that's whether unpleasant that's sad. emotions, yeah, unpleasant, something phrase. undesirable, yeah, something that you'd rather not experience, but your experience, and then being able to to identify that, and and I think this 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 speaks to your your value of authenticity, and and you've you've shown this in your in your sort of online um, image, if you will, and, and being able to. To, to say, hey, I've had emotional distress in my life. You know, this is actually something that this is part of the human experience. And I think it's easy in our in our world of social media or whatever to have this sort of image padding effect where you you just you just show only the good things that are happening. Um, it's not to say that you should just just, um, you know, throw up on everybody with your with your negative yeah. emotions and stuff. But it's just to be able to say, hey. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was sad and I was overwhelmed and I don't have everything figured out. Um, what do you have to say on, on, on this idea of, of being able to, to name your, your feelings that are not so desirable and even communicating that? Uh, yeah. Well, so actually I think that there's a huge, huge difference between naming, uh, accepting them internally and communicating the stuff externally. Uh, I learned, I've learned that uh, actually the hard way. Um, but on the bigger topic, like, uh, I, I mean, as, as we've already discussed, I, when it comes to self-acceptance, I think that it's probably like the number one thing that any person can do when it comes to like having a powerful human experience. Uh, I'm trying to articulate exactly why, because it is a very complicated topic, right? Um, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to articulate it because it's something I really believe very, very strongly. So I don't want to just have it be a, a short little answer. Um, I've found that when there are unpleasant emotions that go unprocessed, they remain in the subconscious and you carry them on your shoulders, uh, some people for decades and years. And in my experience, for whatever reason, the 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 absolute unresisting experience and acceptance of those unpleasant emotions uh, is just the best way to deal with them. And it's not even that it makes them go away, but you feel so much less resistance and tension. And so that's what's extremely important, I think. It's not just about trying to obtain this abstraction of happiness or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's much more about like feeling just like a full and and it's really like that that lack of tension as a human being. I, I always am trying to like not feel extremely tense and, and stuff. And yes. Yeah, so, so, so like, um, in my, ex- yeah. So in my experience, there's been many times where I was faced with a very negative emotion, uh, whether I was rejected for a, a job application or, or all kinds of different things. And, in many circumstances, I could totally be like, oh, no, I'm not feeling this, you know, whatever. I can just mm-hmm. keep moving forward, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but that sucks because you're lying. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, 
uh, lying it's, to yourself. It's so big. It, yeah. Yeah. Like and emotional so emotional intelligence. It's not, I mean, you know, we go through yeah. for, through 15,000 hours of school without hardly anything, any uh, in introduction or information None. on how to, what, yeah. what is a feeling, you know? How do you um, work through feeling like crap? Yeah. I mean, actually, like it's funny because like an hour before this podcast started, I was noticing for a couple hours, I was starting to notice um, I was feeling nervous. Like oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna meet somebody new. I'm gonna have this interview that I'm going to broadcast. Um, I'm I'm feeling nervous. Oh, I wish I hadn't. And then there's this part of me that's saying, Oh, I wish I hadn't done. I should just go relax and I shouldn't be doing this interview. Mm -hmm. This whole podcast thing. These voices come in, and I, I notice this nervousness. But at first, I was also just resistant to the nervousness. Um, and then I I kind of use this this tactic that that Nathaniel Brandon um, advocates, which is just being able to get fully feel the nervousness fully feel yeah. whatever that yeah, feeling saying, is yeah. Big, first yeah. first to have the vocabulary and, and that takes time to develop the vocabulary of like what is this feeling um but then just really letting that observing that um and so i started like noticing oh i'm noticing this adrenaline going you know through my you know like my torso and through my yeah. into my, into my hands even i was like oh wow this is the nervousness and sort of just getting in this space of observation, and that was able to dissolve the feeling a little bit, and then and I yeah. and, and and release some of that tension, like you mentioned. And I think that's that's the idea of radical self acceptance: is whatever is going on, even though a part of you doesn't want to feel it, it wants to deny it, it wants to say everything's fine. And that's really that's really a key. Um, that's that's why one of my favorite movies is Inside Out. Have you seen that one? I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and it demonstrates this point so well. Yeah. I was really impressed. Like, no one talks about that. But like at the end, when she had to cry to be able to like solve the problem, that she's been all this like tense little girl, all resistant and like angry <sighs> and and just like really un, un it's a miserable existence. And at the very end, she cries, and it's just like you can just see. Of course, it's an animation, but it was like so healthy to be crying. It's just like, yeah, you, you can, yeah. And I think that's true in real life. Um, I've seen so many times with, with family and other people where it's like the moment someone finally breaks down, it's like, yes, now we can move forward. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so, it's so mm -hmm. important. Um, yeah. Um, but I kind of jump back and forth all the time and, and, and I'm still working through some stuff like this. There is a balance might not even be the right word because I believe in full self-acceptance all the time, but it does not mean that you cannot be trying to improve as well, right? Because I've had periods where I was like so crazy radical where if I even felt like crap, I was like, all right, this is how I'm going to feel today. You know what I mean? And that's how I would feel. And then other times I'd be like, actually, I don't want to feel this way today, so I'm going to accept it and then try to change it. And I think that at different times, different things were good. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying, though? Like how how radical self-acceptance can easily be misinterpreted as like, okay, if I don't feel like doing anything all day, I'm just not going to do anything. And I'm just going to be miserable for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, and that's, that's probably that. the number one misconception of the term. Yeah. Brandon's very specific about about distinguishing that it doesn't mean you have to like the situation. It's just being in accordance Honest. with reality. Honesty. Yeah. And then, the and then he says, he says, uh, 
and you can't leave a place you've never been, right? So you have to accept where you are. And then once you've fully embraced where you are right now, then you can truly start moving towards where you want to go. Totally. Yeah. I remember I had, I had one experience actually when I was, when I was still living in, in Detroit where I, uh, for whatever reason, I was feeling like crap a lot of the time emotionally. I felt very nihilistic. I felt very apathetic. Uh, I was just kind of not like, de- I don't know if depression was the right word because I've experienced some pretty intense depression too, but it was more like I felt very lost. I was very slow moving and I just did not feel good at all. Uh, and you know, I was, I was trying to practice self-acceptance. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I just told myself, I was like, I'm going to feel this. And I did. And I felt a lot of, 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 I learned that there's a lot of pain that I was having and a lot of confusion that I hadn't resolved. Um, but like I said, there came a point where I had to tell myself, okay, like I've accepted this, but now is the time to try to change it. And it's kind of, you know, you really need to identify when that point is. You understand what I'm saying with that? How yeah. I totally, I almost fell so far into trying to accept it that I was like in acceptance paralysis, where I was like, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm just accepting, accepting, accept. You know, and I agree with self acceptance, but it's, it's, it's a. Maybe you even have some thoughts on that because in my experience, I'm always on that uh, balance because I, I do believe you can. I think that, and not fraudulently, I think that the fabrication of fulfillment and happiness is actually quite straightforward, which is a, which is a good thing. Like you can just think about things you're grateful for and you'll usually start feeling good. Right. Uh, and so when I was feeling really kind of depressed that time, I was like, I know that I could wake up every morning and ask myself, what am I grateful for? And I'll feel good. But I didn't do that because I wanted to feel the other emotions. Um, mm-hmm. and so anyway, I, like I said, I'm, I'm even still just figuring out what that balance is and, and kind of how to reconcile this, this kind of stuff, because you could totally fall into yeah. Yeah, months it's... of misery if you're not careful. <laughs> Well, it's it's a really subtle, nuanced stuff where I think even even language maybe can't articulate it fully. And you just kind of you got to take this, the information and and apply it to your own experiences. Um, but yeah, it just comes back to zooming out again and like, okay, I'm 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 noticing right now that um, I'm not really acting. I'm just feeling these feelings, but I'm noticing that I'm not doing anything to move my life forward and kind of zooming out. And, and again, <laughs> again, being more self-accepting. Yeah. Saying, hey, I'm noticing that there's a part of me that's saying, Hey, I should probably get going and change my situation. Um, but I'm really not doing that. So what's going on? And then like, yeah. And like, I mean, you can keep kind of zooming out, but, uh, yeah, I totally yeah. understand what you're saying that you, it's like, it's, it's a really fine line where you want to accept the reality while, being sure that you are, are are changing the reality if you need to, if you want to. And I think actually, I think that really, I wanted to get to this last point here. I think this is actually a big, it sort of represents this concept of, of self, is, is self-improvement. I think a lot of people hear self-improvement or self-help or anything like that. that and they're yeah. like, oh, well. You're like this is this this notion of being obsessed with optimization or productivity or and and the underlying this this pursuit of self improvement is a notion that what you have right now isn't enough, right? It's it's a really it's like that fine line. It's like, well, why are you pursuing? Oh, why do you need to? You know, why do you need to pursue your potential? Why do you need to 
Um, why do you need to uh, unleash your buried treasure or whatnot when isn't that just sending yourself the message that you can't be happy unless you get to this next destination? Well, and that- I wanted to, and I, I, I want to just quote you and what you said in this sort of on this realm of sort of the process versus the product. And you, and you, you, you said uh, in pursuing our, de- our desires, we unlock the potential for experiences more valuable than any final prize. Standing at the yes. gate to our own heaven, we already have the best thing. And if we don't pursue our apparent desires in the first place, we can't access the best and most elusive treasure of all, the treasure that grows within us. So this is like huge uh, stuff. Um, We're just full of all the deep stuff today, huh? <laughs> that's, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that's that's always. Uh, but but so, so this... That's really important. I'm going to piece it apart because I've realized it very recently in great magnitude that you can have an objective and that objective is great and it's very important to you and you should pursue it. But I think that nine times out of ten, once you get there and you get the thing that you've been chasing Let's say it takes a year and a half, two years. Looking back on that two years, I think that that is almost always going to be the most valuable part of that objective. Like you're going to, I mean, in my experience, over like when I first got out of high school, I set certain objectives that I still haven't met, right? But in the pursuit of those things, I'm like blown away by how much I've grown. Because on the way, I've been distracted by so many different side projects and all these different people that I've lived with and done so many things. But I treasure every one of those experiences so much. And if I didn't think of it that way, I would be like, ah, damn it, I got distracted and I did this other thing. And I'm like, no, uh, I like, and I, I, whenever I get whatever it is I'm looking for, it's gonna be like kind of a fun novelty but the best part is going to be able to look back at my life and be like, wow, look at all those badass things I did on the way. Um, and so what's kind of funny about this is that that's why I was, the point I was trying to make in that blog post that you quoted from is that you can't pursue those experiences directly necessarily because it won't work. You almost like have to set a goal and pursue it. And then as a result, you'll get all these experiences on the side. Uh, and I think that, 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 that the growth you have as a result of pursuing your objectives is like the best thing, uh, at least in my experience, it has been, like I said, you know, I remember I, when I was like 14, I decided I wanted to go and hike a, a mountain in Nepal. And I still want to do that. It's like a very yeah. important thing to me is to go to Nepal. I don't know why. Uh, and, and it's something I want to do. And, and, and you know, I haven't done something like, I haven't done that, but I've done so many things on the way. And so, like, when I finally go and do some fantasy thing, it's going to be like, okay, great. You know what I mean? Cool, whatever. That's not even going to matter. That's not even going to mean anything. But it's almost like, it's very interesting. It's kind of like instructions for life, almost for me and others. It's in order to have experiences, you have to do something. So pick a goal, pursue it, but just be grateful for, like, all the experiences you're having along the way. It's it's, because they're just as good. In, in my opinion, uh, I read a book called The Alchemist, and a lot of that's a lot of this. A lot of this comes from from that. Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, and it's it's the growth process 
it's not that um, right now you're not good enough. Like you can just still fully accept yourself and be present, but it's the experience of the growth is rewarding. So pursue something and it's, yeah, just, just go do something, pursue goals, have a meaningful pursuits and that process, even if you fail in the pursuit, that is going to bring yeah. your life satisfaction and meaning because you went towards something. Well, yeah, like if you can be honorably self-obsessed, yeah. it's like so everything's worth it. Almost everything, uh, except for like nothing, except for doing nothing. That's like what sucks. But almost everything else feels good if you think of it this way, because it's like nothing can touch me. But I'm, I'm so convinced that every experience I have is for my benefit in some context, in some growth, like, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, and I, yeah, like I feel pretty, uh, not emotionally invincible is almost a word. That's pretty uh, extreme to put it that way. But it's like, I feel like the only thing that can destroy me is staticness if I choose to do nothing, but I could choose to do so many other things and fail a million times. And because I have this fundamental philosophy that that is that all of those experiences are like the treasure. A lot of the time I get to look mm-hmm. back at them and I've written in my journal about cool things that happened. Like my van crash. I crashed my van into a tree on the ice and it was insane. It was a violent experience. I get to tell that story to, for my own satisfaction and others now, not because it's like glamorous that I crashed or anything, but it's just like, I'm now more interesting to me. I have an interesting story for myself. I have journaled about interesting things. And most of the interesting things, it's not like, oh, I won today. A lot of times it's like, here's what happened today. Here's how I worked through it. Um, I, 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 I'm ranting on about this, but I, I, uh, I'm just well, going to give the example really quickly in this book, The Alchemist. Uh, it's, there's a lot of all kinds of crazy stuff in the book that I might not even necessarily agree with. But the fundamental premise is... Um, there's this boy who one day has a vision in his sleep that there is a treasure in Egypt that he has to go find in the sand dunes. Uh, and he lives in Spain and he is probably like about my age. It doesn't really, it's very, it's not, it doesn't matter. He sets out on this adventure to go to Egypt and find his buried treasure. And on this, and on the way in this book, he does like 10 different things on the way. And these aren't like, it doesn't just say that. Like in the book, you have all these experiences with him. At some point, he works at a, at a shop that makes like a crystal glasses and he meets the owner of the shop. And then one day he's like, oh crap, I need to get back on my adventure to find my treasure. And he leaves the shop and eventually he ends up in this desert town and he meets this girl that he really likes. Uh, and then eventually he's like, oh no, I need to go find my treasure. And he goes and he keeps going and he has all these different experiences. And at the very end, he like gets to the spot where the treasure is supposed to be and he can see the pyramids and he, he, uh, he realizes when he's sitting there, like about to get this treasure, he's like, wow, like the best part of all of this is all those cool experiences I had on the way. I mean, it'll be cool to have the treasure too, but I get to like, look at this life I've created and that's cool. And that's exactly how I feel. I might accomplish whatever I'm trying to accomplish. And then I'm just, and I'm like, going to be grateful for that. But the real reward is like, how cool that I got to live. And then I got to experience all these things. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Kind of went out there for a while. Uh, that reminds me, I've been thinking about this phrase, uh, life is a verb. I oh heard, uh, yeah. Dan Carlin say this on, on the Joe Rogan show. Life is a verb. Yeah. Just, just go do something. And then, and then that 
that's going to lead to the next thing and more adventures. Um, so yeah. what's, Life is what's your next dance. goal now? Uh, okay. So actually uh, it changes constantly for me because I, I embrace my spontaneity pretty happily. Um, now that I, I, my van crashed, I kind of decided that perhaps it was time to engage in some of the international travel I have been desiring. Um, and right now I'm actually doing, uh, my, my, my older sister owns her own accounting consulting company. Uh, it's just her, but I've been doing a bunch of work for her lately. Uh, cause I'm really good with numbers and stuff like that. And, and this is kind of odd cause I've been a video editor. I'm a, I'm a quote, quote, creative and so it's very interesting that I'm I'm, I'm moving into a, a accounting. People are confused, especially people close to me. They're like, "What? Why? Why are you trying that?" Um, and I think it's because a, a much smaller lesson in my life that I found is that uh, I want to try as many things as I possibly can. Right? Right now, video editing and creative stuff is not necessarily on the side, but I am able to exercise more creativity with it because I have an income from something more straightforward. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and so right now, actually what I'm doing is I'm, I'm learning the skill of accounting, uh, and it's actually really fun, which I didn't expect. It's, it's treated in society as this boring job, but I've been really enjoying it. I love like adding, you know, doing numbers and, and categorizing all these transactions and, and different things. But, uh, that comes as, as a surprise to a lot of people in my life that I would be doing accounting of all things. So right now that's what I'm doing. And, but remember I said the international travel goals, uh, in the next two or three months, I intend to fly to some country in Central America. Uh, I'm looking at Guatemala, and I, I work remotely. So I intend to go there, and, and, and I kind of want to learn some Spanish. I've been wanting to do that for a while. And so I'll, I'll go and just kind of immerse myself in a, in a culture to learn, to learn Spanish. And really just because when you have a remote income, you kind of have to ask, like, where do I go? You know what I mean? It's like... I don't particularly have anywhere specific to go because I don't, I don't, you know, I haven't decided anywhere I want to settle down. Um, so yeah, the, I mean, I could really rant on about, about my personal life like that, but I, I really, um, right now I'm doing accounting work and I like it a lot actually. And I'm going to go to Central America and see exactly what I feel, uh, desiring to do once I'm there, essentially, which some people think that's really unorganized and really unadmirable, but it like brings me, I feel so alive, uh, when I'm doing that. So yeah, man, do what makes you come alive. So, and that's such a a great asset to have is the, the flexibility of, of location. So yeah, absolutely. Um, any actionable tip you want to leave the listener to unleash their buried treasure? Oh man. (laughs) That's such a loaded question. Uh, yeah, I remember um, one thing I've been thinking about a lot is that um, with with actionable advice, a lot of what you might hear is that it is stuff that isn't actually very valuable. And the reason is because when people give actionable advice, a lot of time, like, so sorry. Uh, the advice that got people where they want to be a lot of times involved high risk situations. Uh, it wasn't guaranteed. And so, um, most advice is like very simple. It's like, Oh, work hard, uh, follow your passion, et cetera, et cetera. It's very rarely like, here's how I got what I wanted. 
because I did some really stu- like like absurd things, seemingly absurd. Um, and so I guess the actionable advice I would give is really just like question mm. everything. At least that's been my that's what's given me the most joy in my life. Question everything and then like act on that. Because I don't think that I'm in a position to really tell someone what to do specifically, like do this, chase this goal, anything like that. Because like I said, I might not tell someone to take too many risks because I can't guarantee that they're going to be successful or whatever. But what I can do is just know that in my life, questioning everything I've been told and then acting on the results that I found for myself, that's, that's like... I think that's the best thing for anyone to do is just to ask, what do I want? And then, yeah, uh, I don't know if that's too, I mean, that, but that's, I mean, that's, but, that's the whole nature of empowerment is, is thinking for yourself and then applying, applying knowledge for yourself and acting the way that's, that makes sense the most between your own ears. And that, that sometimes can be, I mean, I know I've, I've fallen into that camp of, of taking advice without really analyzing it fully for myself. Um, and sometimes that's it's still benefit. It's sometimes it still benefits you, you know. But, you, but I think you have to the best. The best I think that's outstanding advice is is to start with the questioning, question everything, and then you can begin applying it. Uh, this has been really invigorating, and I really enjoyed the cool. conversation, Jackson. Um, that makes me happy. I want to tell everybody that your website is jacksonsullivan.com, and you also have a YouTube channel. There's a really really fun content on there. Most not, of the super vid- act, not super active on the YouTube channel, okay. Uh, but I do have that. It is there. That is correct. Most of the videos are less than two minutes, so for our modern, <laughs> modern attention span, that, that really works really well. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is anything correct. else you wanna you wanted to say to, to close out, or anything else you wanted to plug, or anything like that? Uh, no. I mean, nothing particular. You know, I. I um, this was fun. I really enjoyed this. 